fuck, I can't go that long because Matt's got to fucking work. And welcome to <laughs> Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy who's got to get this show done in record time to help his friend and co-host, Matt. Hello. I have so much going on in life that everything gets ruined. Yeah, well, I still got to edit the episode that's supposed to go out the day that we are recording this, and uh, I'm running out of time for that as well. So uh, our weekly release <laughs> is deeply in peril as of right now. Yeah, everything's in deep apparel. <laughs> no one really, like, they're going to know by now whether or not it actually worked or not. So, like, me recording my angst about it now is, like, not going to help the show at all. It's just me being me. It just is what it is sometimes, man. But, hey, you know what? And maybe it's helping you get some stress out. <laughs> no, the uh, edible I chewed up on the way down is going to help me get some stress out in about four fucking no, hours. De- so That's definitely going to help you get some stress out. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, it won't kick in quicker because usually edibles take a while for, to kick in for me. But we'll see. Uh, if it does and I stop talking, at least you're doing the notes and we can keep going. Yeah, but it's a good damn goddamn movie, man. Yeah, yeah. So this week we were talking about, as everyone can read on there, So I Married an Axe Murderer, which is oh. uh, one of Boz's all-time favorite comedies, apparently. Like, I remember talking with him about it quite a bit, and he absolutely loves this film. Same, same. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy I got to do this one. <laughs> yeah, you oh, probably this is never, such a good time. You never thought this was going to be on the show, right? I never thought I'd ever get to do So I Married an Axe Murderer. Not without first asking me, like, can I have a couple of yeah, Quest put in. Please, please <laughs> help me. You run Barter Town, but can Matt get some morsels? <laughs> uh, please. Just a crumb. <laughs> well, I'm giving you way more than a crumb. You're getting a whole Black yeah. Emmanuel box set, my friend. Uh, I know that. Yeah, that is some good shit. That's uh, going to be a good time. I don't care who you are. With an asterisk of not covering the movies that we've already covered in that box set. Of course. Exists. Of yeah. course. Now, the ones that are already in that box set that exist, I mean, your copy, you're still going to have them to enjoy and or keep, yeah. which if it's all starring Laura Jemsner, why wouldn't you keep the films after we review them? I mean, I mean, I do. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? That's <laughs> insanity. <laughs> it's almost as if I should have just gotten you your own copy and given it to you yeah right (laughs) (laughs) no i bought you a mic and that might have been the nice thing to do for the alone times the next times yeah well you'll still get a copy it just won't be as nice as my copies because yeah yeah i bought you a mic instead because i'm selfish a mic does better for me than you having laura jensner films well and i love the mic so it's it's okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 so i married an axe murderer you thought i was transitioning but i'm actually talking about the film (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I Married an Axe Murderer is definitely a film for our particular age group that is definitely a touchstone. I think all of us saw it way more times than we probably should have. It was all over cable. It was all over HBO, I think, at the time. And then it got onto yeah. other networks. It got on regular network TV. And it didn't need to have very much edited out to be able to work there. They just had to change some of the words and things. Yeah. So it was all over like daytime Saturday and Sunday, like broadcast TV as well when we were growing Well, up. and let's face it. It was the start, really, of Mike Myers' film career, being the, becoming what it is. Yeah. he Is this immediately after Wayne's World? Is this like the first like time he's playing a uh, character character that's pretty much him? Yeah. I think so. Like where he's not playing an SNL character. Yeah. yeah. It's really hard to believe, but at first Dana Carvey was the one that seemed like he was going to take off. And then all of a sudden Mike Myers just out the gate with this film took off and just propelled well, himself into stardom. I, I, I really think actually Dana Carvey would have, but I think Dana Carvey had some sort of health issue that kicked up and he had to take a break from doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Cause he had like, sucks. like opportunity knocks and a few other films that he was like the lead in that yeah. actually did really well. And like, was very promising. 
were very good. Yeah, no, the, he had some health scare or something, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because Soy Married Axbury came out in 1993, and Wayne's World 1 came out in 1992. Yeah, so it would have been an immediate follow-up. And I think Dana Carvey went off of Wayne's World and ended up doing Opportunity Knox. Does that sound about right? Or somewhere around yes. there? Or had done it yeah. just beforehand. But he had actually gotten noticed by the mainstream a bit more from SNL than even what Mike Myers was getting at the time. And it Yeah, was it's because he was doing The President. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he does. He was doing Bush and he was doing Ross Perot during the 92 election. I'm sorry, what? I want to say. Oh, oh, my lawyers are saying that I need you to phrase that as in he was doing impressions of. Oh, yeah. He was doing impressions of the president and Ross Perot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had to sorry. use a split, split screen on SNL for him to be able to do both uh, for some yeah, of the elections. And they I would have David, it, it, for the live audience, David Spade was dressed as Ross Perot. <laughs> That's hilarious. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is definitely your your purview. SNL comedy, stand-up comedy, and uh, the movies that come out of it. So, yeah. I mean, the yes. only thing that would make you even happier is if we started doing Rodney Dangerfield on this show, I think. Holy shit. If we ever do Back to School, I will fuck my life up just for that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it, especially because Back to School was actually shot on the campus of uh, the University of Wisconsin. It's shit. It's next level shit for me. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, I promise before we call it quits, I will get that on the schedule in some way, shape or form. It's oh, not going to be, yes. it's not going to be immediately. And I probably won't no. be this year, but I will get back to the school on the schedule for you somehow. I mean, cause it's Rodney. I mean, why, why would we want to see something Rodney? It's probably the best movie Rodney Dangerfield was ever in. I don't disagree. It's my favorite of his. So yeah, I completely yeah. agree. <laughs> all right. Well, enough about comedians, comedy and all of that other stuff. Let's get into, so I married an ax murderer, which Let's is do it. And I don't want to say it's my favorite comedy, but it's pretty much the thing I love the most from Mike Myers. Let me put it that way. It's my favorite Mike Myers comedy go. of all time. I will put it that way because of the darkness that's in there with it as well. I really enjoy yeah. this movie. I, I can see why Boz loved it so much. So up first, yeah. uh, we're going to play the Legion promo for the Patreon. And then immediately following Pirate Radio Edit is going to be once again the soundtrack. So up first is Soul Asylum with the break right after this. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room.
All is right. A- that is supposedly Soul Asylum. I hope I will be able to fix it because whatever the fuck it was that I just played that I grabbed off of YouTube was not what I was thinking it was. But anyway, let's stop <laughs> fucking about and now you can finally do the review you're so excited for. All right. It's Sword Mary X Murder. First 20 minutes. Well, we are in the early 90s. So anything having to do with the early 90s with entertainment, we start in a coffee shop and there's a poetry dram going. I mean, everything about this movie screams early 90s. It just slaps you right in the face. The music, uh, the the you know, it's a coffee shop. It's San Francisco. It, 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 I mean, in the early nineties, they made it really seem like everyone hung up in coffee shop, coffee shops. And the early nineties was the last time where being a poet was an actual job. <laughs> so. <laughs> Where you could like make a sustained living, <laughs> <laughs> and even in the nineties, let's let's face it. When we were watching this, even as kids in the nineties, we were like, "There's no way he's living off his parents, right?" Like, there's just no. He's got to be. I mean, he's got to be living off the butcher job or whatever because he lives in San Francisco. I mean, even back in the nineties, that was expensive. <laughs> yeah, there's no fucking way. Anyway, we we can move on. Like, I, it's I think uh, that's part of the comedy is the ridiculousness of what he does that makes him money. You know, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, so anyway, we are at this coffee shop and a too big cup of coffee is delivered to Mr. Mike Myers. There's dialogue, so it's our first clip. Yeah, that makes sense. Excuse me, miss. There seems to be a mistake. I believe I ordered the large cappuccino. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Look at the size of this thing. It's practically a bowl. It's like Campbell's Cappuccino. <laughs> My size. Please. Aidez-moi. <laughs> Uh, so, Tony, what's the deal with your clothes? What do you mean? You look like Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch. What do you mean? I look hip. No, 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 no. You look like an undercover cop trying to look hip. I am an undercover cop trying to look hip. Yes, but can you do me a favor? When you come to my parents' house tomorrow night, can you not dress like a circa 1970s pimp? My parents are a little eccentric. to the aliens who abducted me and whom I inflicted great destruction upon while having a panic attack aboard the mothership. Autobiographical. So what are you going to do tonight? Well, um, I think I'm going to do a poem about Sherry. Oh. Yeah. The woman, woman, woman poem. Yeah. So tell me again. Why did you pick up with Sherry? Tony, I told you already, all right? She's a thief. You don't honestly believe that. Tony, she's a klepto, all right? Listen, to this day, I still don't know where my cat is. Charlie, every time you meet a nice girl that you can get close to, you come up with some paranoid reason why you should break up with her. That's not true. I broke up with those girls for very good reasons. Oh, really? Yes. Really? What about Jill? She was in the mafia. She was in the mafia. Yes, the Cosa Nostra. The whole time we went out, she didn't tell me what she did for a living. Charlie, she was unemployed. She didn't have a job. Well, that's just a perfect cover now, isn't it? All right, all right. What about Pam? She smelled like soup. What does that mean? She smelled exactly like beef vegetable soup. Charlie... You're paranoid. But you weren't there. It's all in your head. No, no. It no, is. No, no. Wish me luck. 
forward for our own Mr. Charlie McKenzie. This crazy thing called love. That was one of the things that I found to be the soundtrack was that song. So I decided not to put in the woman, 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 or this poem sucks songs in the yeah. album. <laughs> this poem sucks. Because anyway, was he blows out a candle. I was positive you were going to make that a clip. So yeah. Puts down a he puts down a candle and uh, you know that's just he blows it out and uh, there you go there's the end of that poem. So we cut to the next day. Charlie is at a butcher shop and he meets a nice lady uh, who is the owner and proprietor of the shop and the butcher, and he gets himself a haggis. Uh, so uh, you know that's bloody. I almost I almost took a clip. Uh, from the movie Armageddon of the guy explaining what a fucking haggis is. Just, you know, <laughs> just in case no, nobody knows. Or you could have but, grabbed it out of Har- uh, Highlander as well, because he explains it that's very true. clearly in Highlander. Yep. But anyway, <laughs> haggis is generally disgusting. Uh, uh, that's culturally insensitive, my friend. Th- no, that's saying a food is disgusting. Nothing about it. It's culture. It's just the food. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. See, I can explain that away. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, uh, oh boy. Let's see here. All right. So that night uh, at dinner, uh, the, we meet his parents and his dad's cleaning a wall of the Scottish uh, Wall of Fame, and uh, the Bay City Rollers are playing, and he's singing along, and it's Mike Myers, who uh, is dressed up as an old Scottish man, playing uh, Mike Myers' father, um, as one does, as one does. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, playing but his it's, character's it's, father, but it's very suspicious that it may have been his actual father, too. Yeah, yeah, it's very good stuff, so uh, I'm not gonna sit here and even say nothing so as tony sits with charles uh as tony sits uh with charles's dad we get our second and very epic clip i uh, brought you guys a haggis oh that's sweet of you son thank you oh i haven't seen one of these for a year Oof. actually i hate them but your father will happily eat look at him he's giving tony all that Lyndon H. LaRouche rubbish again. Well, it's a well-known fact, Sonny Jim, that there's a secret society of the five wealthiest people in the world known as the Pentaveret, mm. who run everything in the world, including the newspapers, and meet tri-annually at a secret country mansion in Colorado known as the Meadows. So who's in this Pentaveret? The Queen, the Vatican, the Gettys, the Rothschilds, and Colonel Sanders before he went tits up. Oh, I hated the Colonel with his wee beady eyes. 
and that smug look on his face. Oh, you're going to buy my chicken. Oh. Dad, how can you hate the colonel? Because he puts an addictive chemical in his chicken that makes you crave it fortnightly smart arse. Interesting. Cuckoo. Charlie, would you like a juice? Look at what I brought myself. A juice tiger. A juice tiger. A juice tiger. I juice everything now. I'm on a new diet. I'm on my weekly world news Garth Brook juice diet. Scores! Magic! Well, let's have a look at the replay. William, move your head. Look at the size of that boy's head. Shh. I'm not kidding. It's like an orange on a toothpick. Shh. You're going to give the boy a complex. Well, that's a huge noggin. It's a virtual planetoid. Shh. Has its own weather system. Shh. Heed, move. Your sherry's late. Uh, Mom, Sherry and I broke up. Not Sherry. I like Sherry. Didn't like some of the other girls you brought home, but I like Sherry. Oh, Mom, don't make it any harder for me. Why should I make it any easier, son? You were good together. You know that, you and Sherry. You were good together. I thought you might even get married. Mom, you know I'm terrified of marriage. I know that, son. I know that. Well, sure, maybe there's something to be said for no getting married. Did you read the paper today? No. No? Where did I put it? Stuart! Bring in the paper! All right, hen! Heed! Paper! No! Move that melon of yours and get the paper if you can. Hauling that gargantuan cranium about. I'm not kidding. That boy's head's like Sputnik. Spherical, but quite pointy in parts. Well, that was offside, wasn't it? <laughs> He'll be crying himself to sleep tonight on his huge pillow. <laughs> hey, Mom, I find it interesting that you refer to the Weekly World News as the paper. The paper contains facts. This paper contains facts. And this paper has the eighth highest circulation in the whole wide world. Right? Plenty of facts. Pregnant man gives birth. That's a fact. There it is, look. this. Mrs. X, the honeymoon murderer. She marries men under fake identities and then she murders them. Now she's murdered three men already. Look, victim number one was a lounge singer. Victim number two, a Russian martial arts expert. No. And she's also killed a plumber named Ralph Elliot. And her whereabouts are unknown. You're in my eyes, you're in my dreams. You are my eyes, you are my dreams. You're in my eyes. You're Celtic, united on me. I've decided you're the best thing that's happened to me. Give me a kiss, Tony. Cheer me up. Good night. Good night. Mm. 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 
Wow, you've turned into a right sexy wee bastard. Do you know that? Thanks, Mrs. McKenzie. Has he? Well, I think so. <laughs> All right, good night, Mom. Night, Charlie. Good night, Dad. Bye, Mr. McKenzie. Fine, go. You've stayed your hour. Okay. Yeah, that was definitely epic. <laughs> this is yeah, the, uh, this sequence is the thing that everybody remembers from this film more than it, anything, it, I think. Yeah, that own tiny sequence is quoted for everything from you know the Colonel to the Gettys to the Rothschild, <laughs> the Queen, and Colonel Sanders where he went tits up. And this I also mean, the well that he went back to when he made the Pentaveret show later for Netflix. Yes, yes, I have not watched that yet, but yes, the Pentaveret. <laughs> I just love that. And they meet at the meadows. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually a thing. Uh, this is like a place that like is like a yeah. conspiracy theory thing. Um, yeah, the only one I ever know about is the Bohemian Grove one. So I'd never heard of the meadows. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> yeah, that's the Bohemian Grove is basically the meadows is what. Uh, yeah, it's the same. Yeah, thing. the meadow, the, the Bohemian Grove is like the one in the uh, in California. But either, either way, it's fucking hilarious. And fortnightly. I mean, it's, the movie single-handedly brought Fortnightly back into the national vernacular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, none of that is uh, inaccurate at all. Um, this no, scene—it was—it's the scene you always caught on cable too, like, or it would yeah. be on any time that you were flipping through channels, and this would come on back in the day. It would be this sequence, this scene, for some odd reason, and it would always be the heat head move. Now, like every time, <laughs> oh, yeah, the, yeah, Sputnik. Yeah, <laughs> smooth yet pointy at parts. Oh my god, that the number off, of times that was off sides, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, every single line that his father says, and yeah. this is something that we have all quoted at each other our entire lives. I, to all and of it's our all friends. brilliant. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious. The way Myers delivers all these lines is fucking great. <laughs> he does it so well. He keeps trying to come back to this well repeatedly yeah. from here on out. Like it's he never really topped this again in my book. No, no, he, you know, Austin Powers is pretty much all because of this. Yeah. And because Mike Myers can do a decent Lauren Michaels impression. That's why we have <laughs> Austin Powers. Um so anyway, the next day while driving, Charlie sees the butcher lady again. And then we cut to Tony and his boss, and that is our next clip. Tony, I don't want to intrude, but you seem a little down. Well, Captain, it's about my job. Uh. I'm, I'm having doubts about being a cop. You know, it's, it's not like how it is on TV. I mean, all I do all day is I fill out forms and paperwork. I mean, this is what I do. It's a point well taken, Tony, but you must understand, although it's not exciting, it's a very important part of our work. Yeah, but in all my times as a cop, I've never, I've never like chased a guy across a crowded city square. I've never, I've never hung on to that part of the helicopter. You know that part underneath the thing where it lands? Do you, do you know that yes, part? Yes, I know that part. I've never hung on to that. I've never even commandeered a vehicle. Now that sounds like a lot of fun. And that's the other thing. You're, you're too nice. I'm too nice? Yes, you're too nice. Why can't you be like the captain on Starsky and Hodge? You know, where you come in and you haul me into your office and you bore me out because you're sick and tired of defending my screwballed antics to the commissioner? Why can't you do that? Well, the truth of the matter is I don't report to a commissioner. I report to a committee, some of whom are appointed, some elected, and the rest co-opted on a biannual basis. It's a quorum, so to speak. A quorum? Yeah. Captain, when I joined the police force, I thought that I was going to be Serpico, but instead, I'm like, I'm like fish from Barney Miller. Hey, somebody needs a hug. Uh, Captain. 
Okay, I got a couple things to say real quick. I know we're, we're uh, getting close to a 20 minutes, but I just, I have to fucking say this. Uh, Alan Arkin was too fucking good for this world, and I'm really sorry that we lost him. Uh, he is a fucking joy in everything we see him in, 100%. And uh, this is one of the roles of his that I absolutely love. Uh, that's the first thing I need to say. Now, the not-so-serious thing that's more like uh, funny and just a uh, cuz. If only yeah. the world or the reality of how cops' lives are in this film was how it was in the real world, right? Where they're actually right, caring yeah. people that are looking to take care of other people and are actually like trying to stop murder and harm and like the fantasy world that this film lives in i wish were reality <laughs> yeah but uh, you wish all kind of like cop shows like that kind of shit was reality of cops just like you know trying to protect them so you know trying to protect and no, serve no 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 no, no what their actual shows. fucking job supposed to be yeah not cop shows where it is police porn because they still don't do reality they do police porn what i'm talking about yeah. is if reality were like it is here in this movie the way that these police these two policemen are and the way that yeah. people treat each other like excluding maybe vicky who we'll see later on but uh <laughs> like the authority in this world that mike myers has created is like really sweet and saccharine and obviously would never exist in reality. And I just you know, obviously it. not, but yeah, you, know, you always wish. Yeah. <laughs> we can move on. I just needed to state that. Yeah. No, and by the way, you're completely right about Alan Arkin. Uh just a beautiful, beautiful soul and a tremendous actor. So yeah. a tremendous talent. Uh and his All son right. went on to become tremendously talented as well and uh, an amazing director and actor in his own. Yes, exactly. Yes, he did. Um, so then Charlie, he goes back to the shop and the lady, we find out her name is Harriet. And they talk a little bit and that's when we get the funny line where she's like, the haggis, I, I, I don't sell that a lot. And he goes, yeah, I don't like it either. Yeah, that's where he goes, I think most Scottish food is based on a dare. <laughs> I totally um, steal that line where I think things yeah. are based on a dare. I've used that a lot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then she's slammed though. And he says, hey, my dad was a butcher and I can help you. So she goes, yeah, thanks. And then we get this funny little montage of them working together and helping each other. And, uh, you know, like he has meat coming out of his hand like he had a shop accident, found a piece of meat that this was. I, I remember uh, hearing about this, how this was all ad libbed. He found a piece of meat that looked like the alien from Aliens and had it pop out of his chest. So just want to point out that if he actually was a butcher's son and used to help his dad in the shop all the time, he's doing yeah. very insanitary things and wasting a lot of product that he cannot sell to people. And Harriet should have had him kicked out. But that's reality he, and not the funness of this film. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're talking about funness here. Yeah, we're talking so, we're talking funny. We're talking upbeat. We're talking. Happy. Listen, we're talking about a universe where a poet makes a really good living. Right. A poet makes a really good living. A police chief is a supportive and caring yeah. and nurturing human being and a guy is so desperate to make something out of himself he asks his captain why his life is not like Serpico and is like Barney Miller yeah because he just wants to help people he doesn't feel like he's doing it because all he can do is paperwork and that's not enough for him he wants to actually do something that helps someone this is fiction at its highest order this right? is the world we wish we lived in yeah there would never be a world that exists like this ever <laughs> If there were, we'd all be happy. <laughs> right. And that's why that world won't exist, because nobody can be happy with other people around. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, and uh, by the way, uh, and, and then after he gets done with all that, they that's the end of the first 20. All right. We can't hold it in. So let's just keep moving on. We'll just, we'll yeah, just go. Yeah. That's fine. But and we kind of already did everything. Yeah. So the next 20, uh, they close up shop and kind of go on, on a date. And that is our next clip. You know, Charlie, I want to thank you for helping me out today at the butcher shop. Oh, no. No, you. No. You were really nice. Oh, I was nice. Nice. Evidently, you think of me as a woman friend. And what is wrong with being nice? Nothing. Charlie? 
Yes? Name one bad thing you've done. Well, I've done bad things. But let's talk about you for a second. Tell me one bad thing that you've done, and it better be evil. How evil? Really evil. Like, so evil that you would say it was evil. Like it's the fruits of the devil. Evil. <laughs> for example, how many people have you brutally murdered? Brutal's a very subjective word. I mean, what's brutal to one person might be totally reasonable to somebody else. Do you know Russian? Yeah. Oh, oh, this hurts. No, this is hard. Because not only are you extremely good looking, which you are, but you're also very, very smart. And that, that's... That's no fair. That's hard. So what? So, so, so bright women intimidate you? No, 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 not at all. But it's a shame I'm going to have to destroy you. <laughs> Johnny, come here! Nadia, I am coming. Expand. <laughs> Expand. <laughs> wait, Charlie, Charlie, wait. What do you look for in a woman you date? Well, I know everyone always says sense of humor, but I'd really have to go with breast size. <laughs> oh, my God. Come, let us dance like children of the night. Rod Stewart had stuff. Here we are. Wow, what a great place. I'll make us some tea? Sure. Okay, show yourself around and think that. Hey, you know what this place needs? A really large, oversized poster of Atlantic City. Oh, look, you got one. <laughs> I used to live there. So herbal teas. Um, Cubby Wubby Womb Room Tea mm -hmm. and Morning Thunder. All right, I'll go with the Cubby Wubby Womb Room Tea. All right, thanks. Hey, hey, what's this? Oh, um, but, uh... <laughs> I had a friend, uh, he, he was a martial arts expert, and, um... Oh, you had a friend. Yeah, I don't. It's a martial, martial oh. arts thing. Nah, I, I, I took it up and just thought it would look good on the wall. So. Oh, it, the wall. it does. Mm. You know, you know, Scotland has its own martial arts. Yeah, it's called fuck you. <laughs> it's mostly just headbutting and then kicking people when they're on the ground. Mm. <clears throat> Late. Not for me. 
Who for then? Who for then what? Well, you looked at your watch and you said I wasn't late for you. I was wondering who it was late for. Well, not me. No, no. I like the nightlife. I like to boogie. Hmm. <laughs> I'll make the tea then. You know, you know, maybe it is late. You know, I'll be honest with you, I had a really great time tonight, and uh, I'd, I'd really love to kiss you, but I think that if I kiss you, we'll end up kissing on the couch, and if we end up kissing on the couch, then chances are we'll kiss in the bedroom, and if we kiss in the bedroom, then, you know, that's, that's the part I always rush into. I just don't think it's a good idea to rush into spending the night together. I want to spend the night together. I have no problem with that. You're it. <laughs> that is such a guy thing. Like, he's like, I don't think we should. Like, he's trying to pretend like he's trying to do the right thing when he's just basically not wanting to make the move, even though he knows that he probably should. And maybe he yeah. does 100% believe that. Like, maybe he shouldn't rush into it because this is special and he really likes her. But the minute she's like, nah, I want to sleep together. He's like, yep, we're into it. We're going we're gonna to do this. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we can do this. Uh, so anyway, they go to Bone Town. So if you like imagining Mike Myers fucking... Get your fill, because it's happening right now. <laughs> the funniest part of this bit is when she says, tag your it, and then goes running upstairs, and he drops his pants and chases her up the stairs, but keeps pace with his pants down. It's actually pretty impressive. I don't know how Myers yeah. did it. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that night, uh, while they're sleeping, she starts moaning the name Ralph. When he wakes her up, she's like, oh, uh, she's just a friend. And he goes, Okay. Well, then next morning, Charlie wakes up and he sees uh, who he thinks is Harriet in the shower. He opens it up, but it's a whole other woman. He screams, says he's sorry that he thought it was somebody else and runs away. Uh, he gets dressed. And he's getting ready to leave. And he sees that same woman now sitting on the sofa. And he's like, wow, that was really quick. And that leads to our next clip. Hi. Hi. I'm Harriet's friend, Charlie. And uh, you must be Ralph. I'm Harriet's sister, Rose. Harriet uh, gave me a note to give to you. Oh, great. It's, Dear Charlie, I didn't want to wake you. Make yourself at home. And thanks for the... <sighs> hot dog, Harriet. Well, that's, uh, that's a very nice note. Let me make you some breakfast. Oh, gee, you know, I, I'd love to, but, you know, I'm no, really running no, late, no, but no, thanks. No. What would you say to silver dollar pancakes? Fresh squeezed orange juice, bacon, and Kona coffee. Well, that sounds great. Sorry. I didn't have those other things. No, no, that's fine. That other stuff will probably kill you. Whereas Fruit Loops are, are light and reasonably high in fiber. I care for Apple Jacks a great deal. Got him. Good. So, um, is this your place? No, this is our place. Harriet's in mine. She just sort of comes and goes, but she always ends up here, though. <clears throat> she didn't speak of me? No, she didn't speak of you. Um, she talked about uh, a martial arts guy, and there was some discussion about Ralph. Oh, really? She spoke about them. 
Well, she she talked about the martial arts guy, and um, actually, she kind of shouted Ralph. (laughs) 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 Oh, well, you know Harriet. Well, actually, I don't. But you did have sex with her. Hello. I'm going to go now. I'm not going to tell Harriet that anything happened. No, Rose. Rose. Nothing did happen. Don't worry, Charlie. Just be careful. I just want to state that uh, you don't accidentally walk in on Amanda Plummer in the shower, no matter what character she's playing. It just doesn't happen. Like, if you walked in on Amanda Plummer in the shower, she intended to catch you in a trap. Yeah, yeah. She wanted you to walk in into the shower. Yeah, Um, there's no accident there. She's manipulating you because Amanda Plummer is always creepy. Everything she says, everything she does, just by virtue of you look at her face and you look in her eyes and you're terrified. She's horrified. Mm -hmm. It's not that she's unattractive. It's not that she's cruel or mean in any way, shape or form. There is just something about her manner and her demeanor that makes you uneasy and makes you uncomfortable. And she plays that so well with what she does. And it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so anywho, uh, so then we cut to Charlie and Tony. They're going on a tour of Alcatraz. And here we now have in our next clip, the incredible Phil Hartman. Hello, everyone. I am a park ranger and I will be leading you on the tour. All of the park rangers here at Alcatraz were at one time guards, myself included. My name is John Johnson, but everyone here calls me Vicky. Will you please follow me? I love Vicky. He's, he's great. Guy. He's the best. Oh. This is the main cell block area. Home to such famous criminals as Al Capone, Mickey Cohen, Joseph Dutch Kritzer, and Robert Stroud, the famous Birdman of Alcatraz. You know, Tony, this time it's going to be different. You know, if something strange happens, I'm just going to let it go. You know, it's not my business. For example, Ralph. She says Ralph in her sleep. So what? Ralph? This is the cell for solitary confinement that over the years had come to be known as Times Square. Make sure everyone gets a look. So who's Ralph? I don't know who Ralph is. And more importantly, I don't want to know. That's good. So did you and Harriet, you know, last night? All right, dirtbag. All you have to know is that Harriet is a sweet, kind, and loving person. Well, that's good. That's nice. And yes, we did. Right. (laughs) Close it up. Close it up. Close it up. Now, this is something the other tour guides won't tell you. In this particular cell block, Machine Gun Kelly had what we call in the prison system a bitch. And one night, in a jealous rage, Kelly took a makeshift knife or shiv and cut out the bitch's eyes. Wow. Hey, you know another thing about Harriet I love? And as if this wasn't enough retribution for Kelly, the next day, he and four other inmates took turns pissing into the bitch's ocular cavities. This way to the cafeteria! Tony, I'm really happy. Please, don't let me screw this one up. I'll try. Alrighty. Thanks. I told you that ocular cavity thing was really well, sick. 
<laughs> oh man, you just can't escape eye trauma on this episode, man. No, I really can't. But it, it's good stuff. <laughs> Bill Hartman's the fucking man. I really, really miss him. And fuck you, Andy yeah. Dick. Yeah, I hate Andy Dick with the burning passion of a fiery sun. Yeah, I didn't like him before I found out that information, and I will forever hate him after. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was. He's. Well, you know what? Luckily enough, I don't think anybody likes Andy Dick anymore. So. <laughs> yeah, we've given him enough to uh, saying his name, so we can move on. Yes. Uh. So. Anywho, uh, then we have a montage of Harriet and Charlie dating. Uh, after a double date with Tony and uh, his lady friend, they are walking in the rain, and she's just like, you know, you make me feel safe and like something I could be with forever. And the forever kind of echoes. You can see Charlie starts to get a little freaked because he is a commitment phobe. Well, we cut to her entering her to the parents, and that is our next clip. Is this the wee Harriet? Oh, she's absolutely beautiful. And you're very, very, very welcome. Oh, oh I hope you hold on to this one. You have the face of a wee angel. Do you oh. know that? Ah, 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 I give! I give! I'm Charlie's father! Yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry you, you surprised me. I'm, I'm sorry. I like this one, Charlie. She's quite a filly. <laughs> now, Charlie tells me you're a butcher. Yes, I am a butcher. Ah, Do you link your own sausage? As a matter of fact, I do. Why don't you go and put your trousers on? All right, hold your horses. Heat! Pants! Now! Harriet, why don't you come with me? I have wonderful photographs of him when he was a baby. And show the picture of Charlie when he shit his pants in Niagara Falls. Oh, come on, Mum. Don't show her the pictures. Oh, lighten up, Charlie. You got pickle up your ass again. Um, I'm just going to go to the washroom, okay? Uh, evidently, I have a pickle up my ass. <laughs> and uh, you're going to be okay if I leave you alone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, fine. Don't worry about me. Okay. Yeah. Make sure there's enough paper. And Charlie, light a match. Are you a way to clap? Again? Oh, oh, what a cute baby Charlie was. You okay in there, Charlie? You didn't fall in there, did you? resemblance between you and Charlie, Mrs. McKenzie. Thank you. That's enough about us. You tell me something about yourself. Now, have you always lived in San Francisco? No, actually, I moved around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
had a really great time with your family tonight. Oh, great. You know that martial arts expert friend you had? Was that here in San Francisco? No, uh, actually it was Miami. <laughs> your family's really great, Charlie. When your mother took out that book of photographs... Was that before or after Atlantic City? Look, it's a period in my life that I really don't like talking about. Charlie. I hated Atlantic City, Charlie. Town full of gamblers and lounge singers. <laughs> so, for that night, they uh, are laying in bed and she moans the name Ralph again. That's the end of that 20 minutes. <laughs> Only this time she's saying, no, 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 Ralph. No, 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 no. Like something really horribly wrong happening. Exactly. It's not the sexual moaning. <laughs> right. Now, what this is, is a parody of the traditional classic thriller. Not necessarily like a gaslighting thriller, but like a murderer in my midst, nature of my reality. What is happening here? Am I seeing the thing that I'm believe? you know, that I'm being led to believe is true? Is this really happening? Is Harriet really really this person is all of this stuff actually syncing up am i in danger it's very classic hitchcock like uh sabotage yeah. or or something along those lines of where like the, the person that is closest to you like a border in the house or whatever is involved in this nefarious stuff that you get wrapped up in and it just so happens that he may be falling in love head over heels in love with this person and she may or may not be this mrs x that he only read about in the weekly world news so there's like a lot of reasons why he should not be believing this but at the same time is also that the coincidences are too close and uh, it is a thing where Mrs. X actually is you know something that ha has been getting some attention from both the FBI and police as well I mean this is not you know that's just been recently I guess the, the murders have just been recently like connected enough to where it's becoming like a serial issue or something is what it, it seems like right because they're on a spree yeah. you know this, this this Mrs. X and it may or may not be Harriet like that aspect of it and the murder mystery aspect of it that's going on with this like is Harriet really a murdering monster or is she this sweet wonderful just amazing woman played by nancy travis who embodies all of that stuff so perfectly with that disarming smile of her like that's the yeah, thing right with nancy travis if she smiles at you and looks happy at you like like when they film her and she's talking to charlie and charlie makes her laugh and her eyes light up and that giant grin on her face she just embodies everything of like i could totally fall in love with her like right yeah that she has always been like that yeah in every role she's in it's always been great yeah there are some roles that she has played against that type that she has, but she has that like easily adored, just 100% caring and nurturing and wonderful human being that she plays in this role. She does that so well. And she doesn't really have to like, she, it's so effortless for her because all she has to do is just crack a smile and the way that she smiles or just laughs at his jokes or anything like that. And you can see it like the way they even shoot Nancy Travis in those scenes. You're supposed to be falling in love with her because you're supposed to want to be on her side and believe that she is not the axe murderer that we are all supposed to be falling in love with, you know, because mm -hmm. we're supposed to be seeing this through Mike Myers' eyes. And when they film yes. when they film her, they are literally trying to make us fall in love with her. And I got to tell you, when I watched this as a kid in the 90s, boy, did it fucking work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You fell in love. 
Yeah, I still have a thing for Nancy Travis to this day because of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't blame you. Not even a little bit. But it's I know in my head it's the fantasy of this character of Harriet. Like like who she is is I'm like, I could adore this woman. Look how amazing she is. Everything about her is spectacular. Yes, she's led multiple lives because of uh well, we won't get it there yet, but everybody knows the ending anyway. But like she's like all of the stuff that you hear about her, the the fact that she knows all of like she can speak Russian, um, she's like an accomplished martial artist and she does all of the stuff that she does like everything that she is so highly skilled at doing she is such an amazing person of course you're going to fall in love with if you're the kind of person that falls in love with someone because of who they are and not how they look just who she is in general like they got it all covered you know what i mean yeah like even if you're fucking exactly you would fall in love with her but she's just an amazing character and an amazing woman and like that's the one thing about this like meet cute love story or so i married an axe murderer that wins out over other love stories for me is that he falls in love with her because of the person that she is like yeah. because of who she is as a person and I think the speech that he gives about not wanting to sleep with her at like right off the bat is like a half-hearted attempt at acknowledging that this feels so different this feels so special there is something about this girl that I can't you know fuck this up and like that that feeling permeates the rest of the movie everything that she does that is suspect like and the fact that he still stays with her even though he's terrified that she might kill him you understand from this point on why like there's no question as to why because everything about her is amazing and just in the offset chance that she may possibly be a murderer from the weekly world news like he's terrified absolutely but like that's not enough to make him leave her and i understand yeah. why. <laughs> oh yeah we can move on i'm good all right so the next 20 minutes uh charlie goes to tony and that is our next clip tony have you heard of this mrs x she murders her husbands on their honeymoons then changes her identity and marries again no, i never heard of it so what I think I'm dating Mrs. X. Charlie. Two words. Therapy. She once told me that she dated a martial arts expert, all right? Now, it says right here that one of the victims was a martial arts expert, okay? And last night at dinner, she put a kung fu move on my dad and tried to break his neck. Charlie, about a thousand people have tried to break your father's neck. Should I arrest them, too? Well, yes. If they also say Ralph in their sleep, I think that's a good start. Because look, right here, Ralph Elliott, all right? Plumber from Dallas, missing since his honeymoon. Charlie, you're just getting scared. Yes. You think that Harriet could be the one? Yes. So you start to suspect mm-hmm. her of things because deep down inside you're scared that if she is the one, you'll marry. And to you, marriage is death. Come on, Tony. Just read it, okay? Read it. For me, just read it. Okay. <sighs> Larry Leonard, crooner, 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 made a name for himself. Being able to sing in six different languages the song Only You. Yes, see? Charlie, does Harriet even know the words to Only You? Well, I don't know, Tony. We haven't reached that all-too-critical do-you-know-the-words-to-only-you phase in our relationship, so I'm afraid I'm not much help. Charlie! You gotta move past this! I'm getting worried about you. You're starting to live your life according to the weekly world news. Well, it's the eighth-highest circulating paper in the world, I'll have you know. Look, Tony, Mrs. X, please, look it up, okay? For me, indulge me. Look, there's no record of any deaths. All three of these guys are reported missing around the time of their honeymoon, but so are their wives. No picture of any brides. 
for all we know, they just picked up and moved away. Charlie, that's true. I mean, you're just gonna have to realize that. I mean, I personally would lie to you, but Kathy here has this crazy notion of always telling the truth. Understood. Mm. You feel better now? Oh, I guess so. Good, good. Come on. So, you know, Tony gives him a little bit of shit for this. And then, uh, so then we cut to him watching Current Affair. And I'm like, ooh, that's that a blast in the past? I remember fucking that. <laughs> Current Affair. Jesus Christ. And he's using a thigh master. And I'm like, oh, my God, this can't get any more early 90s than it already has. <laughs> well, anyway. The current affair talks about how poisonings become a big thing, especially with family members. So then uh, she comes in and she wants him to try this new health shake. And he freaks out, locks himself in a closet. And she runs out and later on they're in bed together. And that is our next clip. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm just um, sensitive. I, I mean, I, you didn't drink my shake. So what? Right? No, I look, you spent a half an hour on it. I understand. Mm. I understand. You know what? Let's scratch. Scratch. Scratch? Scratch. Yeah, come on. Let's do a little scratching. Yeah, there you go. Scratching. Okay, Golden Gate Bridge. Golden. Uh, Okay, okay. Presidio. All right, Union Square. Got it. Uh, Okay, Little Japan. Got it. Union Square. Union Square. Union Square. Oakland, 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 Oakland. Oakland. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Can you reach around and get Coit Tower? <laughs> <laughs> San Andreas Fall. Charlie. <laughs> you know what I like best about you, Charlie? Is I can tell you anything in the world, and you don't judge me. Charlie, have you ever stood at the edge of a cliff or a subway platform with someone, and, and you thought just for, for a split second, what if I pushed him? No, not really. Usually I follow the Judeo-Christian ethic of thou shalt not kill, yeah, but that's yeah, just no, me, I, I, you, know. you know. I know, I know. I'm just, just I'm me. just making a point of of how many times we trust other people with our lives. I mean, look at us, Charlie. Look at us. We're sleeping. And look how vulnerable we are. And I could do anything to you in your sleep. What could you do? I don't know anything. You're lying on your side totally asleep. I could just... Stick a needle in your... Charlie! Jesus! I'm just trying to show you what a good relationship we have! I'm sorry, it's just I have an ear thing, okay? I I just, there was an episode of Night Gallery, and and this guy put an earwig in the guy's ear, and then... I know, they said the good news is we got the earwig, but the bad news is it it was a female, and... I'm sorry. Good night, Charlie. I just have an ear thing. Just good night. I'm sorry. I'm a human blanket. Get off of me. Human blanket. No, no. Just good night. Oh, good night. Yes, sir. Can I help you? Yes. I'd like to place an announcement. It's my parents' 30th wedding anniversary. Sure. That's $4.50 per word, and you've got a choice of standard or both. Well, you having a busy week, Frank? Nah. 
Just these two. Been dead around here. <laughs> I got this one here, a tourist. Heart attack on a cable car. Guy left his heart in San Francisco. <laughs> hey! That's a real person you're talking about. All right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There's another one here, a native San Francisco. Plumber. Elliot, Ralph. Moved to Dallas. Disappeared four months ago. Body was found in a sewer. Well, guy takes his job too seriously. Life goes down the drain. <laughs> Did they mention anything about his wife? All right. Okay. Look, I know that we're talking about real people here, so I'm sorry. No, no, no I'm serious. Did they mention the wife? Look, I'm sorry. You know, I, you know, I, I, I didn't mean to make a joke about other people's lives. No, no, I'm really serious. Did, did hey, they mention the wife? I just you want to win. Know about the wife. You win. Okay. I'm a bad person. Hey, oh, yes, I'm a bad person. No, he's saying I'm insensitive. Just he's saying I'm a shit. He's not saying you're a shit. Did they mention the wife? Did they mention the wife? No, no, they didn't mention the wife. You happy? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, I'm insensitive. I'm a very insensitive man. Stop your job. Look at the insensitive man. That's what they're paying you for. He was my right home. Understood. What's going on that you had to see me so urgently? You couldn't even come to my apartment? It's just safer here. What? Charlie. I'm sorry. I, I think you're a terrific woman. I just don't think we should see each other anymore. Why? Tell me the truth. I'm afraid that you're gonna leave me. I'm gonna cleave you? What does that mean? Tom? No, leave me. Leave me, not cleave me. That you're that you're gonna reject me, you know? So I just thought I'd do a preemptive strike. So you're rejecting me. I, I didn't mean to hurt you. I never wanted to hurt you. Well, don't worry, you haven't. At least you left early on. So, that's it then? Because I gotta get back to work. So after he breaks up with her, we cut to Charlie's working on poems and stuff. So then he does the whoa lady poem again. And woman, instead, woman, woman. Though he, well, woman, yeah, whoa woman poem. And instead of, though, he doesn't blow out the candle. He just sets it down. The candle is Later symbolic on, of him finally letting go of the relationship and ending it with the poem. And he can't yeah. do that with Harriet because and no. we know why. Yeah, because he's in love with her. Yeah, because she's uh, so well, anyway, special. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tony calls Charlie later and that someone has now come forward and she, this woman is admitted to the murder uh, to the murder of the Ralph, the plumber guy. So Charlie's all excited and he goes to get Harriet back. But she's like, nope, you blew it. See you later. Well, later on, he reads her a poem. And that is our next clip. Harriet, Harriet, hard hearted harbinger of haggis, beautiful Bemused, bellicose butcher, untrusting, unknowing, unloved, 
Ed. Screams into the night air like a fireman going to a window that has no fire. Except the passion of his heart. I am lonely. It's really hard. This poem sucks. Oh, that is the thing that I quote the most. I've pulled lines out of that so many fucking times. Like the this so poem. unlove Ed. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. It's one of the highlights of the film for me, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, then she obviously takes him back. That's the end of this 20 as we go into the final 30 minutes. So the only reason he goes to take her back is because he finds out that it's definitely not Harriet because somebody else confessed to the murder of the plumber that was there locally and whatnot. Yeah. And all she knows is that people have disappeared on her right after she's been married. So she's kind of technically a polygamist because all of her husbands have disappeared and she's continuing to remarry. But let's not think too uh, directly about the plot line of this film. Otherwise, it's not going to yeah. make any sense. And it's well, she could have had them all annulled as well. But, you know, we never know. Well, yeah, I guess you could have it annulled when the person disappears. Clearly, they don't want to be a part of your life. But how long do you have to wait before she would do that? And like a string of annulments should have been enough for where somebody could have found her if they think she's Mrs. X. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm just anyway. <laughs> I'm getting, again. Yeah. Rabbit hole. We're talking about a world where a poet is a good job and a cop wants to actually help you. <laughs> right. And a uh, captain is so wonderful and supportive that he will pretend yeah. like he is a monster captain from the TV series that you decided to be a cop from. So you could feel more like a cop and do the job that you do for paperwork. Like exactly. Yeah. Because Alan. Arkin's a fucking national treasure and we need to bring him up as much as possible. <laughs> of course we do. We can move on now. Well, later on, uh, they are in the bathtub bathing together as, as couples do. And all of a sudden, uh, she has to leave because someone's there for her. And then she's like, Charlie, come here. And we meet Ralph, who is a woman. They hug. His towel drops. You see Mike Myers' ass. So if that's always something you wanted, uh, feast upon it. Um, we then cut to the parents' 30th wedding anniversary, and that's our next clip. Happy, happy anniversary! Happy, 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 happy! Shut happy, it! Happy, happy, happy! I'd like to, uh, propose a toast to my wife, May. 30 years ago today, May and I were married. Some of you were there. Some of you weren't born, and some of you are now dead. But we both said I do, and we haven't agreed on a single thing since. <laughs> That's true. But I'm glad I married you, May, because they could have been worse. <laughs> and besides, I still love you. Feeling to have fun. 
You okay? No, I'm not. Harriet, marry me. No. Please? Why don't we just live together? We could just live together at first, and let's just live together. Because I love you, and I think we should get married, and I think we should spend the next 30 years of our life together. I want you to have my children, and I want you to have your children. That sounds like an awful lot of children, but I love you. I need you. Let's just get married, okay? Harriet, be my wife. All right, everyone, shut your cake hole. I'd like to make a toast to my son, Charlie. Thank you for throwing us this great party. And I hope you have the same great 30 years that we've had. To Charlie! Yes. You will. Let's get married, Charlie. I just want to say before we get into it after this clip ended here, the apprehension and fear on Nancy Travis's face when he first mentions it, where you can see the trauma just peek yeah. out, that micro like micro expression that she shoots out and then buries like so quickly. That was just a, a masterful moment and it, it should not be overlooked. Like she sells that moment so well in that scene. Oh yeah. Well, and then there is my a line that I use a lot of times that is some of you were there, some of you weren't even born yet. And some of you are now dead. Yeah, I can attest that Matt uses that in just about every speech that he gives <laughs> after doing a little drinking, for sure. <laughs> love it. You are, you are prone to drunken speeches and declarations of your love and friendship or eternal hatred, depending upon which way the drink takes you. That's very true. It's often love and These friendship. Very rarely has it ever been hatred and destruction. Yeah, it's you. very rarely, but on occasion. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, then they, uh, so we get married, uh, and uh, Harriet at one point pauses before she says, I do. Uh, at the reception, uh, there's a great song from the dad, uh, If You Want My Body, or, uh, come on, baby, let me know, from Rod Stewart, I believe. Yeah, Rod Stewart's uh, apparently Scottish, so he loves Rod Stewart yeah. for that reason. And then he had the uh, the guy that the goes uh, a Piper solo. The Piper passes out, which comes with another tagline. We got a Piper down. That was always used. <laughs> I, we have yeah. a Piper down. I use that quite frequently. Yes. Yes. Uh, then as uh, Tony and Charlie are talking about great everything is Harriet starts singing only you to Charlie and then starts singing it in French. <laughs> and that makes both Charlie and Tony look at each other like, uh, okay. So anyway. Uh, we are cutting to the honeymoon, and that is our next clip. Well, you're really quiet. Oh, I'm not. I'm just thinking, that's no. all. Oh, okay. Well, um, why don't I do the talking for you? Okay. Hi, my name is Harriet. Hi, Harriet. How's it going? Good. Good, I suppose. I think you're great, Charlie. Everything you do is art. You're a sex machine. Uh-huh. Get on the scene. With Sex Machine. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. You're the best husband I ever had. What? Why did you just say that? I was just, it was a joke. Well, why, what do you mean by it? Why did you say that? Because I thought it might be funny. 
Nothing. I just think you're a great person, that's all. What? I hear from the boys upstairs you've been sticking your nose in a Ralph Elliott case. Well, yes, Captain. Don't yes, Captain, me! Stay out of this. This is strictly homicide. But Captain, I got this friend. Right? We all got these friends. I'm warning you, Giardino. Back off, Italian boy. Keep away from this one. It's too big for you. Wait a minute, Captain. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Trust me on this one. I know what I'm talking about. What's the news? Oh, you want to hear the news? Well, here's the news. It seems that the old lady that confessed to the murder of Ralph Elliott has also confessed to a couple of other murders. I knew she would. I yeah, knew it. right. Well, she's confessed to the murders of Abraham Lincoln, Warren G. Harding, and Julius Caesar. She's a nutcase. A nutcase. Oh, my God. I gotta go. You screw this one up, pal, and you'll be writing parking tickets for the rest of your life. You got that? Captain, I won't let you down. For you, that was so much better. Yeah, you like really it. Really terrific. Like it. it was fantastic. I know, uh, the, uh, the beginning felt pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I started to get too much in the end. Though. No, 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 no. It was really terrific. Yeah. I'd really like to discuss this, but I gotta go save a life. Let okay? me work on it. I'll work on it. Work on it because it was terrific. And, and honestly, it was such a big improvement. Fantastic. Thank you. That's it. It's another great. This. Oh, God. Yeah. Alan. Alan Arkin. Yeah. yeah, in this scene Alan particularly, Arkin. because he nails yeah. it because he's such a good actor, but like he nails the the mean pissed off captain that always balls somebody out for screwball antics. And you can see yep. like Anthony Paglia is playing it off so well where he's like super trying not to smile. Like like he's mm -hmm. so happy that this moment yeah. is happening where he's like being shoved around and being like treated like a cop like he had seen on TV and was like wanting to emulate, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just love the little coda at the end where he comes back and he was like, that was so great. And like that Alan was Arkin, so great. Yeah. Yeah, and Alan Arkin's character asks him for some notes and things. And yeah, just, you don't like, think I, I felt good at the beginning. Yeah, yeah no, everything was great. Yeah, it's so cool. I love that moment so much. And that's that's my absolute favorite moment in the whole entire film is just that yeah. sequence with Alan Arkin. Anything with Alan Arkin in it is my favorite, obviously. I, I just can't. It's always good. Yeah, we, we can move on. I'm sorry. I just had to say that. Uh, no, you're fine. Uh, so then uh, Tony calls around and all the victims confirm that Harriet was the wife to all these victims who have gone missing. So uh, then Charlie and Harriet check in. Harriet's still acting very weird. She's like, I'm going to go get some aspirin. You stay right here. Don't move. And he's like, okay. Um, Tony's trying to call up to the place, but all the circuits are down. So he's going to go charter a plane as he's getting ready to leave. The chief comes out to give him shit. And he goes, not now. And he goes, and he said, he goes, I'm a Pisoni. It's Pison. <laughs> Pison, uh, right. Pison. Yeah, right, right. So then he, Tony rides in a plane. I did clip it because it's kind of, it's a weird area to try to clip. But with Stephen Wright, who is just an enjoyment in this movie. <laughs> and he sit there and he goes, are we very far? And he goes, not long now. Actually, I have no concept of time. <laughs> 
<laughs> I actually, um, I, I do want to point out that I really love that bit too. And Stephen Wright is terrific in it, and he is absolutely hilarious. Uh, but I, I feel like they cut away from it. It would have been better if we were there for the entire plane ride and they pulled a long joke on it, right? Yeah. Where like the entire time we are there, just as worried about Tony as Tony is worried about Tony, and trying not to enjoy how much Stephen Wright is terrifying us and making us laugh at the same time. I think it's the only misstep that they made. I think it would have been funnier if they would have just held on that the entire I agree every joke just at should have been point, one long sequence with him at one point Stephen Ray is asleep and yeah. he wakes up because I was having this crazy dream I was born eight and a half much premature and the doctors were freaking out and he goes I don't care about your dream he goes did I tell you about this one already <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Stephen Wright. He had to have been improvising a lot of his stuff. Oh, oh yeah, he had to have. Yeah, and Pagliotti um, plays off him really well. Uh, he's oh, totally yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, then at dinner, Tony is able to call Charlie, and that is our next clip. Just a moment, if I may, folks, might make a couple of special announcements here. Celebrating their twenty-fifth wedding anniversary with us tonight. How about a nice hand of you for Mr. and Mrs. Seymour Lovingstein? How about a nice? <laughs> 25 years ago, they were right here on their honeymoon. Isn't that great? And speaking of great honeymooning couples, over here to my right, Charlie and Harriet McKenzie. Aren't they a good-looking group? I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's a phone call for you from town. They said it was quite urgent. Oh, thank you. Sorry. Hello? Charlie! Charlie, you okay? Great. Couldn't be better. Charlie, listen to me. Harriet is Mrs. X. She killed Ralph and those two other guys. I got a picture. It checked out. It's her, Charlie. She's the murderer. I've called the police. All the roads are closed up, but they're on their way. In the meantime, just stay where you are. Charlie? Hold on one second. Excuse me, one second. What should I do? Don't worry. When the time comes, you'll know. Thanks. Thank you. The phone just went dead. Look, I was just on the phone and it went dead. It's quite calm, sir. I'm sure the lines will be out until tomorrow. Have a nice meal. What happened, Charlie? Nothing. Nothing happened. Uh, just the phone lines went dead. That's all. To this lovely couple who wish a long and beautiful life, we want to play your song for you right now. The platters, only you. You can't go yet. You have to make the traditional wedding. There are a lot of traditions here, especially for newlyweds. All right, so Poet's Corner is clearly something that he's into because he is a poet, and I think she's going yeah. along with it because she's so traumatized by her past marriages, she wants to do anything she can to keep this husband. Yes, but also it's a nice place. I mean, it oh. seems really nice. So. It's it's a seaside hotel. It is fucking gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. So, so I'm assuming okay you know, even way. if she didn't have all this trauma, she'd probably be enjoying this because it's very romantic. Right, and it's gothic as fuck. So if you're into yeah. that kind of architecture for your romance, which most folks are, including yeah. me. Uh, I can see why you'd want to stay in that hotel to get some nookie going for your honeymoon. Exactly. Well, uh, through this, then Tony tries to commandeer a car, and I don't know the actor's name, and I'm kind of mad about it. I, I think Charles I Grodin. Charles Grodin, thank you, who plays this driver. And he's like, can I commandeer the car? No. <laughs> he's like, and he goes, and I know for a fact you have no legal right to commandeer it. All right, then, you're right. Can I please commandeer this car? No. <laughs> 
Charles Grodin, amazing. Just for the short little bit he's in this movie. He's just, he's so such a great sarcastic asshole. He is a lifelong straight man too. Like he is perfect yeah. for playing things off of and that's how his comedy comes along so, yep. so well. And he's made an entire career out of making subpar comedians like Chevy Chase seem like they are fucking hilarious just by being the one that uh, gets stressed out and angry about stuff. Exactly. Well, Harry and Charlie are sent to the room and Charlie has this funny moment with one of the bellboys who's like stay for a drink he's like no i'm, I'm really gonna go he goes no you gotta stay for a drink the kid like runs away uh <laughs> yeah he and thought he was trying Harry to get roped like, into a, a wedding night fucking three-way or something he's terrified. yeah right yeah and harriet is sitting there uh and she opens up her like a powder bag and inside is a chain with all the wedding rings on there so Charlie gets scared. She's she's acting weird because she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, what are you doing? And eventually he gets her locked into a closet. Well, then it's revealed. Harriet is not the killer. It's Harriet's sister, Rose, who's the killer. Shocking so, no one that has ever seen yeah. Amanda Plummer act before. Yeah, you knew this lady was going to be the killer. Uh, so anyway, and she says it's because all these men were going to take her sister away from her and Charlie's going to do it now. So they fight around and Charlie gets, escapes up to the roof. Tony gets there. He gets Harriet free, but he still thinks Harriet's the killer. He starts interrogating her. It's a hilarious scene because you can hear Charlie on the roof and the axe that uh, Rose is using trying to kill him. And you hear him screaming. And Harriet's like, you can hear them on the roof now. He even points it out and he goes, you just don't get it, do you? <laughs> it's a great, great fucking sequence. And if there yeah. weren't so much other clippable dialogue, I would have been like upset that you didn't grab this one because it's one of my favorite bits too because i, do, I know like i really thought about clipping it yeah. but it seemed weird but if you guys watch this movie again really pay attention to this end scene the whole sequence is great the fight sequence with charlie and all them are great uh with with rose and charlie as they like she grabs it right in the crotch so he grabs her in the crotch and they're both making these hilarious faces it's not a grab anyway it's a, it's a kick to the crotch yeah but yes yeah, yeah but oh uh, yeah there you go Amanda anyway, Plummer's face uh, particularly is hilarious when that scene. Yeah, it's it's fucking great. Anyway, she falls. He is able to hold onto her hand. Tony's able to get up there, arrest her, and this leads to our final clip. Rose, jailbird, happy in her cage, no longer full of rage, she roosts. <laughs> Harriet, you acted cuckoo because you thought I would leave you, sweet bird. Uh Harriet, sweet Harriet, so knowing, (laughs) so trusting, (laughs) so love, Ed. Sweet Harriet. In my mind, Charlie owns that shop, and he used the money that his parents got from the butcher shop to open up a shop, and that's how he makes the money. That's the only way that he can. Yeah, I, I, you know, I want to believe that, too, because they even the lady says our own who would she introduces him at the beginning. So maybe it is like he owns that place. It's the only way that he would be able to drive the car that he drives and lead the lifestyle that he leads. Uh, He'd have to be a business owner because. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, oh, by the way, roll credits. 
Oh, man. There's not much else that we can say about this film that we haven't already said. Um, we have clearly it poured is, all the love we had on it. It's 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 a, a classic. It's yeah. not just a classic movie, not just a classic comedy. It is classic for reasons of it gives you so many one-liners that you use with your friends constantly. Um, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's a rare lightning in a bottle thing that happens for the SNL crew every now and then. Because and the, it wasn't even popular when it was released, so it's also a cult classic. It did not. I don't think it did all that well in theaters, but it did really well afterwards. Uh, yeah, it's basically became a direct video hit kind of thing when it got released, mm -hmm. or HBO watched it over and over again release, and it built an audience of young viewers in the '90s that became obsessed within a year between when. World and this film, those two things are what really drove Mike Myers forward and started giving him the career that he ended up having. He took off after this like crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, his career and that pretty much speeded up his end to Saturday Night Live of him doing that. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of wrecked the 90s resurgence that it had. And it really took a long time to come back from that. And some folks would even argue that it never did. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. The 90s was that time. So, but, uh, well, what a magical movie. Just it's something really good. It's something that still, you know, works to this day. You can watch it and not feel god awful about yourself. It's just saccharine enough too, and it doesn't take a lot of low blow punches at very many people. The worst case scenario is like his father being an abusive piece of shit, but I think that's just more his jab at Scottish fathers because that's yeah, something that so. he does for quite a bit. Like that's his Yeah, thing. there's a wee there's a little bit of shit uh during when you're meeting the parents for the first time. The dad's kinda Oh, he says some homophobic shit, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's that. But, but, but again, it's back to that Scottish father thing, too. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> he did it over but the good top time. on purpose. Yeah, it's a fun movie. That is like kind of the least uh, inclusivity issue that the film definitely has. That that does exist yeah. in there. But it's minimized compared to, say, The Last Boy Scout or anything you'd get from Shane Black like we covered last week. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, stop fucking about. Let's give them some music and then we'll give them a story time and get the fuck out of here. Sounds good to me. All right. Up next on the Pirate Radio edit from the soundtrack, it's going to be the Boo Radleys with There She Goes, because of course it has to be. Then we'll have a story time right after this. this version i don't like the cover version that gets on the soundtrack i like the original with the boo radleys there's just something about the harmonization i enjoy more and uh, yeah the cover just didn't recreate that enough for for my like you know that's yeah, yeah just there you a, go. just a taste thing um although this song is ripe to be remade it's perfect for anyone to yeah make a song and you could even you know change the pronoun and say there they go and uh, yeah that's right yeah See? You, you, could, you could do that too if you wanted to but then you are woke as shit <laughs> Well, let's uh, stop worrying about people being so super woke and uh, give them a story time. 
time. Uh, my story time for this is uh, I'll just go with a Mike Myers movie, and it's probably the hardest I've ever laughed in a movie theater to the point where I almost pissed myself. And it was Austin Powers Part Two, and it was uh, when Mini Me fights Austin Powers, and at one point Mini Me bites onto Austin Powers' dick. And he is you that whole fight sequence was number one was already funny, but he's using the pole and he's humping the pole so he can hit Minimi's head against the pole. <laughs> I seriously almost pissed myself. I was laughing so hard I couldn't catch my breath. I almost threw up. I laugh. I have never laughed that hard in a movie theater. Like I've laughed that hard at home to a movie. I've never had a uncontrollable laughy fit in a theater like that. I was almost on the ground. I couldn't hold it together. I don't know why. To this day, I'm still like, I'm tearing up because I'm trying to hold back a lot of laughter thinking about it. It's still one of the funniest <laughs> fucking things I've ever seen in my entire life. And I don't know why. Like, like there's been stuff like that before. I don't know why. It just, I don't know why. It hit me just right for some reason. And I just laughed hysterically. And yeah, I damn near, I peed a little. I know I peed a little in my pants. Thank God I was there with a friend and not like going on a date or else it'd be real trouble. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I've got a story uh, from this movie as well. And uh, I'm glad that you didn't have any of those horrible things happen to you from all of that laughing. Um, I have plenty of stories that I could tell about me laughing in a theater that was super awkward like that for other people. (laughs) Uh, Because Matt can attest that like, I laugh at things when they fucking shock me. I can't help it. I just start laughing like uncontrollably and the more shocking it is the more like loud and uncontrollable i laugh um i don't know if it's a trauma response that causes me to do that or what but that is something that happens and there's plenty of times where that has happened and i have cleared out a row behind me or someone around me in a theater in a horror film oh god yeah i mean that happens i mean it's just it's your response to that kind of stuff (laughs) yeah so one of the uh, this is i'll just do a quick story about it and then i'll just move into my Mm -hmm. actual story that pertains to uh so i married an axe murder uh the silent hill movie the very first one that christoph gans or whatever did in like the early 20 odds uh the scene where pyramid head uh spoiler alert if you haven't seen it gets a hold of one of the cult followers uh rips her dress off in one fell swoop grabs a hold of her skin on her chest and then tears all the skin off of her body in one fell swoop and then throws it at the door splattering blood all over the people running in fear into the church to hide from him and all over the doors and then drags her corpse away while like in one another move like in several cuts i started laughing uproariously uh while seeing it on a sun sunday morning i think with like two or three guys behind me that were like being assholes uh like redneck dickwads in omaha big shock uh behind yeah me, right? right and they're they like get all into the like the girl being naked and like you know make some kind of remark because they're bored they're not really enjoying the movie and then he rips her fucking skin off like that and boom my laughter hits now the way that i described it yes that shocked me in such a way as to where i started with the <laughs> then he rips off the skin and i'm like oh and i lose my fucking mind and i start laughing and i can't stop and it's like that that joker laugh thing where I just, oh yeah where i just can't stop and it just keeps fucking going and i'm like covering my face trying not to laugh right which incidentally i had a friend of mine that was uh, a female cover my mouth during hellraiser 4 for the same reason i couldn't stop laughing so she just covered my oh, mouth Jesus Christ. <laughs> but anyway uh the, the the guys behind me um all of a sudden fell super silent after i finally calmed down and i stopped laughing right and i turned around and they're gone and i'm alone in the theater there were three of us and they left 
Oh, God. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and I'm alone in the theater for the rest of the movie after that sequence. All right, so the story about So I Married an Axe Murderer that I wanted to tell. All right, so in the 90s-ish, I met a girl at a Christian summer camp that I was forced to. That's a whole other bag of worms. That that's I that's a weird-ass thing, but all right. Right. <laughs> And I did a line from this movie that Mike Myers used while I was on the date to charm uh, Harriet, and uh, it actually kind of worked. I jokingly said, come, let us dance like children of the night, and I started doing the ballet routine. I quoted it almost exactly. She recognized the movie and jumped right in on doing Harriet's part for the scene and like ran around me doing the exact same thing, and we recreated the scene spontaneously just by me flirting with her like that. Nice! That's awesome. <laughs> you gotta love it when a plan comes together. Right? It was like, it's a very memorable moment that ended up happening. Now, that relationship obviously did not work out eventually, although it did make Christian camp a lot more interesting. Although, out of respect for all the parties involved, I will not mention any more about that. And hey, who, who needed it to work out? It worked out for you in the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, summer camp was a lot more fun and a lot less Christian, if you know what I mean, and I think you do. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and with that very, very sexualized joke, we're going to play the Ending Legion promo. We're going to play right after that, Ned's Atomic Dustbin with their cover of Saturday Night. When we come back, we'll close out this fucking show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. That is 
Ned's Atomic Dustbin doing their cover of Saturday Night. And uh, if you wanted to hear what I was talking about, how I prefer uh, an original version because I like the harmonization better, the Bay City Rollers have them beat on that one for Ned's Atomic Dustbin, for sure. Harmonization much better than their original version. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's like, whatever, I got to get out of here. Let me go. So uh, <laughs> the previous instances where we were covering a movie that we love that we really had to rush on and hate the fact that we had to do that that have happened on the previous 418 episodes are all available at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. I'm available to you at the Legion Discord chat where you can tweet at me at your leisure there or Discord at me or what is it when you send a Discord? What is it? Just a message me? Just a PM me? Yeah. yeah you, me? You, they corded you. They yeah. corded you. Yeah, just send me a cord at the Legion cord of yeah. this or whatever. Of, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how any of that works out and I just waylaid my own self with jackassery. Let's move on. Instagram is where we keep our meme repository known as cinema underscore psyops there and then it gets shared to our Facebook page of Cinema Psyops and our Facebook group of Cinema Psyops all aptly named for this podcast Cinema Psyops and I am available as Court Psyops on Facebook and you can kind of reach out to me as Cinema underscore Psyops under Instagram because I run that shit like I do this podcast yeah minimally <laughs> and while you're out there realizing Matt's a dick but also very right kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bit. <laughs> Recording in progress. Hello! Hey! One, two, three! Hello! <laughs> well, that distorted something awful. Uh. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, the audio clips and everything that I moved over for uh, your show that you're doing, the not the hosting, but the notes and stuff for it, it didn't work. That was nice of it. I really appreciate that. Oh. Jesus. Yeah. Well, um, give me like two shakes here while I talk it out with you and I'll, I'll fix that up. Yeah. Not a problem. Sometimes you hit the save button. Sometimes it just doesn't save. Sometimes you got to hit save. <laughs> I did hit save though. That's the thing that's not fair, Matt. Sometimes you gotta, gotta, gotta hit save. All right. There we go. Should be fine. Uh, three, two, one. <laughs> yeah. And I'll edit it around this to make that actually work better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, um, anyway, so I married Axe Murder. Uh, we still we have start... to do the song oh, and stuff, oh. so yeah. I'm oh, sorry. I do apologize. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna... I'm so excited to talk about a movie <laughs> for once. Well, then I'll continue.
podcast. Yeah, minimally. <laughs> and while you're out there realizing Matt's a dick, but also very right, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bit. <laughs> all right, man. Yeah. All right, and I'm going to stop the recording. Awesome. Recording stopped.